I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature today is Paul Pines, a poet from Glens Falls, New York. He was much traveled. He did a lot of different things in his life. He ran a jazz club in New York City. He hosted the Lake George Jazz Weekend for many years. Unfortunately, Paul died in June of 2018 of lung cancer. And that's about the time when he received the proof copy of a career-spanning collection of his selected poems called A Furnace in the Shadows. It's a large, lovely book, over 400 pages. And I was reading this book and thinking, God, I would like to do a podcast with this guy, but he's not with us any longer. And then I remembered my good buddy, Dan Wilcox of Albany, New York, who is a much-published poet, who has a legendary collection of photos of poets on Flickr, and who frequently speaks for the at the Albany Public Library as a part of their noontime lecture series. And I was aware that Dan had recently done a talk, which was essentially a review and appreciation of Paul Pine's latest book. So Paul Pines is our feature today, but I'm going to be talking with Dan Wilcox. So hey, Dan, thanks for doing this. Oh, thank you, Charlie. Thanks for asking me to do it. There's so much to Paul, yeah. um, so many different things in this book, different aspects of his life, yeah. that I actually am taking the uh, easy way out and decided <laughs> I'd just ask you about it. <laughs> okay. So like, if you're talking to people about Paul Pines, who you knew personally, and you, you know, we both appreciate his work. So to just start us off, what would you want to tell us about him? Well, um, interestingly enough, I first met Paul Pine back in the mid-70s when he ran the jazz club, the Tin Palace, uh, in New York City on uh, Bowery and 2nd Street. And I lived only two blocks away. It was sort of my local watering hole. And he, I remember going to poetry programs there and listening to live jazz. Um, eventually, he sold it uh, and just sort of lost contact. I, I met him, like, working the bar and working the place. So that's how I met him. Um, we weren't really close friends then, but I was aware of him, and uh, I knew he was a poet. And after I moved back up to Albany in the uh, uh, mid '80s, uh, I think even before that, I, I found a copy of his first book of poetry called Onion in 1970, published in 1972. Hmm. And uh, I think I probably bought that before I moved back to Albany. But when I moved back to Albany, I discovered that he had come up to Glens Falls for some kind of residency program for a while. And in 1984, I think it was, he started the Lake George Jazz Festival. And uh, yeah, the Lake George Jazz Festival, which to this day is still going on. And um, I recognized the name. And then I was reading that he published a novel called The Tin Angel, which was based on uh, the, the Tin Palace. So I, I mm. ordered a copy through a local independent bookstore here, and I also found a copy later of his book, The Hotel Madden Poems. Um, and I read the the the, uh, the Tin Angel, and I decided that I'd go to one of the jazz festivals, which is held in September, uh, and get him to sign the book. So I did. I went up there, and uh, I met him, introduced myself, uh, you know, told him that I would hung out in the bar. I mean, you know, I don't think he particularly remembered me, but that's that's not really important. And But he signed my little copy of the 
of the of the Tin Angel it was in September of 1988, as a matter of fact. And he wrote in there to Dan, who was on the scene, all best, Paul Pines. So then after that, I would go to the, the festival. Whenever I did, I'd go say hello to him. Uh, I knew he was publishing poetry. And at some point, uh, he would send me notices about his books. And towards the end, he was actually sending me a, a new copy of his books whenever it came out. And I, I uh, featured him reading at the uh, uh, Poets in the Park in Albany uh, one year. I, he also featured at my series um, at the Social Justice Center, the third Thursday poetry night. So I got to know him a little bit. And we didn't like hang out or go to dinner together or anything like that. But we knew each other, knew each other's work. And then in, um, in 2015, uh, he invited me to be part of a production uh, at Skidmore College, which was a stage reading of a portion of the uh, Greek play Ajax uh, by Sophocles. And um, so uh, all of the, all of the uh, people in the cast were veterans. And uh, Paul had served in the Merchant Marine during Vietnam and actually had gone to, into Vietnam as part of the Merchant Marine. So uh, he was a veteran, too. And he was a director. And there were a number of us, including a woman who uh, played the role of Ajax's wife. And I was one of the guys in the chorus. And we did about a 40-minute segment of that. And then it was a setup for veterans and their families to discuss PTSD, which is really the top mm -hmm. segment. And so well, I was uh, going to weekly uh, rehearsals for this for a while. And I got to know him even in better and uh, got to know his wife, Carol, a little bit. And uh, so that's really where I got to know him. And I knew, but it's it's poetry and jazz where I knew him and, and knew and got to know his work. And I have just about all of his books, largely through his generosity of sending me copies uh, when new ones came out. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and as as poetry is is wide ranging in terms of content. Yeah, I mean, there's all his travels, world travels, places he lived for a while, and stuff yeah. like that. And poems about his daughter. Yeah. Um, where where can we start with that to to get a sampling? Well, I, you know what? I, how I like to start with with that is I like to do this poem where the title his his um, selected poems, which came out from Dos Madres Press. Uh, in 2018, after Paul had died, but he had seen he had seen uh, uh, a proof of it, and so he knew where I was going. Uh, the the book is called A Furnace in the Shadows, and as you mentioned, it's over 400 pages. Not just poetry, but there's a lot of uh, artwork in there. So this this is a poem called Echo. It's a short little piece, and it goes, Echo, Brooklyn, 1951, a kid standing in the dark basement of his father's house, listens to words he will repeat to himself for a lifetime. I will be a furnace in the shadows. So that's where the, the title comes from. And yeah. oh, so much of Paul's work uh, is suffused uh, with um, the writing of Carl Jung. And uh, Paul went on to become a, a trained Jungian um, psychotherapist uh, and you could even see that in its earlier work. This is uh, going deep within yourself to find who you are uh, and to look at things that affect your life, to look at the images and the archetypes around you um, to help find out who you are. 
And so that's a, a lot of what his work is. I mean, um, he wrote a, a book late in his life, and it, it came out in 2017 called um, Trolling with the Fisher King. And it's not, well, it's poetry in a way, but it's a, a study or it's a, uh, well, it's like part cultural exploration, part dream, part, um, part analysis of dreams, memoir, like a prose poem, very well researched on a lot of these concepts. And, he's, and the title comes from his fascination with this myth of uh, Parsifal and and uh, whose mission was to protect the holy grail and then he's wounded and the wound won't heal and that's uh uh because of his own failures and stuff mm. so he in this and it's a long prose book but it's a fascinating fascinating work um i've only read it once and it's one of these books you really need to m read more than once he uses the um jung's tools employed with confronting the unconscious in in um uh, Jung's book, um, the the Red Book. Yeah. You're gathering symbolic symbolic patterns and interdisciplinary connections to interrogate his personal experience and what he finds in the world within and around him. So oh. it's, it's like the old thing: you got to heal yourself before you can really go out and heal yeah. the world. You know, um, and so things run deep in in there. And there's a quote in one of the notes to the book here, which I find uh, very uh, important to understanding Paul, how Paul works. And the, the quote is, memory is not a retrieval bin of lost moments, but the womb of creation. So oh, that's nice, yeah. Yeah, so when you read his poems, they're about, often about a moment that happened, but I get the sense that the more those moments He's writing about it later on. Mm -hmm. Many of them are very, uh, they're not like uh, notebook observations, but many of them are little stories. So a story is written later in time and yeah. looking back to it, even if it's a, a very recent thing. So I find that's a, a large part of it. He talks about um, his parents. Uh, let me read this one. This is a good one to get a sense of how he, this is another short one that gives you a sense of, of how he, approaches this. Um, it's called Shivering in the Glow. Shivering in the glow of my father's last breath, wrapped in my mother's cancerous death by slow starvation, I fell with them both through God's body into my own. So, they, you know, looking back to seeing his, his um, role with the parents and Here's another one. I rolled my bones across the floor like dice, yelling, but where is the liberated one reborn? In the centrifugal rush, I heard my planet Saturn reply, what happens to a fire that burns out? Then one by one, my questions settled like leaves in a tin cup. Mm. It can be very philosophical um, in boiling these things. His poems are mostly short. And they are short lines often. And I found in reading them, sometimes I have to make a little pencil note to know where the little breaths come because sometimes they seem to run together, but they don't. And uh, so, uh, but there, it reminds me of, of jazz, of improvisation. Uh, it's almost like bebop with, with like some bebop guy on, uh, in an alto saxophone 
um, you know, doing these short, he, well, being around music, he, he liked it. Here's, yeah. here's one that's called Improvisation. I just was looking at this again this morning. I said, oh, this is a good one to quote. Improvisation. Grasp this. The soul is air without contour or handles, a volumeless mass out of which absolute knowledge opens and closes. What did Ives hear in Kandinsky or Pollock or Charlie Parker to move their lines like Mesistopheles faster than thought into the fruitful decades of this century? What they grasp is the way intelligence shapes and unshapes itself, an idea almost too much to bear. It was in the air simply and fell through our time like a leaf. So it's like the yeah. old music. Uh, He's really philosophical, and he also doesn't hesitate to drop in allusions to right myth and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, that's all the Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he, you know, um, he liked fishing. He was a, a you know merchant seaman. He had a love for the sea, and um, he, he, one of his books is called uh, "Fishing on the Pole Star." And his poems about being on a, um, a fishing small um, sport fishing boat in the Caribbean, and hmm. uh, I'm not a fisherman. I have have done some fishing in the past, um, but I read this, and this is like it's like being there. I said this; these are so filled with the actions of being on the sea, but also, but also with the, this philosophical. Um, bent. So I want to. I want to read this one. This I really. I said this is fascinating. This thing about fishing and then getting into these deep thoughts. So this is um, Marlin Strike. He breaks the surface. A splinter of buried light. Tail walks the water. Dives back. Runs. Tugs. Stops. Circles. Approaches. Runs again. He and I, we speak through the line. He tells me how much he wants to live, rejoices in his power before tiring, then comes willingly along our starboard side. Caleb wires him, holds him close, talking softly, strokes his bill, removes the hook, swims him until his color returns, deep purple stripes and his gills move again, serene. The fish bites down twice, gently on Caleb's hand. Signal, he's ready to go. We gaze into the perfect roundness of his eye and watch the boundary between us dissolve. Glimpse in that great wink of eternity, the divine child. Watch him swim away, the unconscious, conscious of itself. I remember that poem. Oh, yeah. I've read a lot of this book, but I, I definitely remember that one. Yeah. It's really, yeah, like being there for sure. It's like, you know, another, another thing about uh, yeah. Paul, like the way the poems are arranged on the page, he doesn't mind, um, you know, moving the margin yeah. wherever. You know, yeah. they'll, they'll wiggle down the page or, yep. you know, uh, no, nothing, no respect for the left margin at all. No worry yeah. about that. Just, yeah. just somehow whatever he feels like doing, apparently. Yeah, and that's sort of the other, uh, the improvisational jazz-like aspect. Feel. Of the poem, mm -hmm. you know? 
Um, and in fact, some of the poems I've been writing uh, lately uh, mimic that, or I picked up on that because I found too many of mine were coming out like these columns. And I said, oh, let me just bounce these around the pages a little bit. Uh, you know, in some some poems, you want that that sort of column type thing. It's a little narrative, a little little um, story. But other times, you want to just kind of like throw the words around the way they were coming out of your head. And that's that's I think what he was doing in in this. Um, he's just uh, you know a lot of topics, a lot of topics. It's uh, but he's very he's spiritual, both you know Jewish um, tradition, um, Buddhist. Um, there's also a lot of stuff on visual art. They like, you like Miro and Clay. Uh, there's a couple of baseball poems. And of course, there's places. There's Paris, there's Mexico, Belize, the ocean, fishing, New Orleans. And there's family and love, of course, love poems to his wife and his daughter. And, uh, and also there's, there's poets mentioned in here, poets that touched him uh, very deeply in their, in their method and technique, like Paul Blackburn and William Bronk. So it's, um, it's a very, this book, if, if people don't know the work of Paul Pines, this book, A Furnace in the Shadows, is really a, a, a great way to have Paul Pines on your shelf because there are poems in here from all different aspects of his, of his life, the early poems and the later poems. Um, at the very end, I want to read a, a poem that's not in here and that Carol uh, discovered in his papers and she shared with me for the little cluster of four poems, but there's one in there I want to read as the very last poem. So let me know when you're ready for that one. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah obviously he's just a, a wide ranging, widely curious guy. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, he, he couldn't be confined to, I don't know, writing about forms or something, you know, no, no, some no. specific topic, no way. Yeah, and, as, and as, a, as a guy, as a human being, you know, hanging out and, and stuff and talking to him, um, you know, all this stuff, you know, was in his brain and there, but you know, he could still talk about, you know, yeah. music and or people and and characters and tell stories and stuff. So he was just an, you know, an interesting guy to sit around and talk with too. You know, so it's uh, I, I was very pleased that uh, you know, unfortunately he left us uh, too early, uh, but he left a, a large body of work that is um, important. And the uh, the jazz festival, which continues, you know, there's a whole organization running it. It's a free festival over a weekend in September in Lake George. I mean, and we have world class names of musicians. And it's at the point now. I mean, I don't follow jazz that closely anymore. There's, I always go up there to see, okay, who are the people I don't know, you know. And it's a wow. uh, it's a great gift to the community. So that and that that was another aspect of him as 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 a psychotherapist he was dealing with um people in the community he taught also at um which is now suny adirondack used to be adirondack community college so he taught there too so he had lots of contacts in the community wow a, a know, lot yeah you know when he moved up to glens falls like how long was he up there early 80s if i oh, okay. remember um right yeah. hotel madden poems came out in 91, but I remember seeing some of those published earlier than that. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm not sure exactly when it was that he moved up there. And that's where he met his wife and fell in love and yeah. settled down. And, uh, you know, a guy yeah. from New York City settling down up in Glens Falls, New York. And uh, they fell in love and they had a daughter who is now, uh, she's back in Brooklyn. She's an actress. 
Um, mm. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, one of those kind of lives you look back and say, that's a good That guy did all right. Yeah. yeah. He was alive. Yeah, that's right. He was. Absolutely, man. You got anything to say? Anything to say about the Hotel Madden before we move on to that grand final poem? Oh yeah. You, um. Well, those are interesting poems. I like to say they're a little earlier than the other ones. Um. What's the one I would like to read? Oh, I like this one. Yeah, this is from the Hotel um, Madden poems, and that's, I guess that's where he was living when uh, when he had this uh, residency, some kind of writing residency up there. So. But this, this looks back to New York City. Mingus at the five spot, playing for all he can eat. Blackburn by the coal stove in McSorley's, scoring pages with his nerves. There was a time when poets and jazzmen built lines like cities to live in. I grieve for it now in 89, my head a graveyard of forgotten names where Dream Street ends at Monument Square. Ooh, now that I read this, it looks back. <laughs> it almost takes me back to uh, that that first poem I read, Echo, about being in mm -hmm. the band. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, it's another one I like. Let me at the Tin Palace. I remember I would go to the Tin Palace, and it was. Tim Powell's was notable because that was where a lot of jazz musicians went after their gigs across town. Oh, yeah. The village. So um, they would hang out there. And he would have a lot of them play. And one of them was Eddie Jefferson, who I hadn't heard of up to that point. But he was one of these guys who put lyrics to, to jazz solos. Um, hmm. If you don't know him, you got to check out his stuff. He was shot and killed uh, in um, Detroit, was it? Someplace. It's, I think it's mentioned in the poem here. Okay, this is called The Death of Eddie Jefferson for Lisa B., who I, I think was one of the people who worked at the Tin Palace. I was at Eddie's funeral in Pittsburgh when they put him in the earth on a hillside overlooking a confluence of rivers. Leon Thomas delivered the eulogy, then sang one of Eddie's favorite compositions, Ellington's Come Sunday. I stood between Lisa and alto madness Richie Cole facing Eddie's wife, Little Bit, and her friend, Irv. All of us in shock. Eddie, who channeled the soul of Hawkins, Moody, Bird, tapping out their solos with his feet, taken from us by a crazed gunman, angel of death, disgruntled hoofer with a, big, with a hit list, died in Richie's lap on the sidewalk in Detroit after the gig at Baker's Keyboard Lounge. Eddie, whose lyrics bridge continents, notes and syllables, politics and race, defined what that other Jefferson called a natural aristocrat. At home before royalty and in smoke-filled rooms like the Tin Palace, where Bebop met the Freedom Guys, who shed form to reform from dissonance, about which Eddie said, it evolves, man. If you don't sit and listen, what's the use of being around? then cited a passage in the Upanishads where creation proceeds from the creator's loneliness, this sudden self-awareness expressed in racing syllables, create the world, a sacred vocalese familiar to the man who soared on such solos taken from us in May, 1979 at 60. I can still see the confluence of rivers from that hillside and realize 
Eddie discovered in jazz what Bohr, Heisenberg, and Pauli did in Copenhagen in 1935, recording in the breakdown of radiated atoms a new understanding of the relationship between matter and energy, the unpredictable dance of particle and wave. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it goes, it yeah. goes away from this simple funeral setting to the cosmos, in, yeah, jazz, and then, and then, and then, then to uh, you know, subatomic particles and physics and stuff. Oh, <laughs> All right, that's lovely. All right, well now, you, now you can do what you uh, want for the final poem. Okay. Yeah. So this is so uh, a while ago. I've been in contact with Carol. Uh, we got thrown together in different poetry events, and where Paul was being honored and everything. She's a, a lovely lady, and um, she sent me uh, four poems um, that, that she found uh, in in Paul's papers. They're all typed up and, you know, and everything. And I printed them out. And we, we both agreed that um, this this poem, The Last Oracle, is a a good poem to read at the end. Uh, in any in any kind of an end, I suppose. But uh, mm. um, And this is one of those poems that I mentioned before that I had tr I had to make marks on it to separate the phrasing because mm. of it. It's sort of like the way when you annotate music, you put sometimes you put a little uh, comma or a mark or something in there, you know. Um, it's called The Last Oracle. Anything you say at this time will fall on deaf ears. So move inward. Any ambition be thwarted. So cultivate humor and humility. On the other hand, Great power is available to you, but must be handled carefully. Aware of the vulnerability of those around you, don't do anything. Don't try to do anything. There is nothing to do. To make yourself at home in this condition requires resources well beyond the givens of your abilities and intentions. Your best recourse? Bring it into focus as an act of love, such as I send to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you got a great last ending lines, you know, to, yeah. to wrap it up. So oh, thanks. Thanks a lot, Dan. This has been really excellent. Well, thank you, Charlie, for another opportunity to talk about Paul's work. I appreciate it very much. All right. I'm Charlie Rossiter. You're listening to Poetry Spoken Here. Our featured poet today was Paul Pines, which we were able to do as he passed away last year because Dan Wilcox was willing to come in and talk about Paul and share his poems with a particular focus on the new book, A Furnace in the Shadows, 400 plus pages, career spanning, Paul Pines' selected poems. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Mundley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. 
For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com.